Hey everybody, what's up? Happy Monday, as usual. <laughs> uh, good to see you guys again. Um, what did we do last week? Oh my gosh, my brain hurts. Last week we did Anaconda. And we yes, only did giant. Anaconda because it was so bad. It was so bad that we couldn't bear to watch Sucker Punch as well in the same week, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's why we didn't watch yeah. Sucker Punch. This week, though, however, we were supposed to watch Army of the Dead. Um, but someone got the date wrong again for the second time. And so we I, had to replace the movie that we're going to watch with, along with Sucker Punch, because we didn't do Sucker Punch last week. Listen. Listen. <laughs> they lied to me. I saw the date. It said it said March 14th. I swear HBO Max is lying to me or Netflix. Netflix this time. They lied to me. Mm -hmm. It was not my fault. And, you know, as long as we call them people out, why don't we give them the real reason we didn't watch Sucker Punch? I had a busy weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, we just watched one movie. <laughs> Up here trying to get get me in trouble. I mean, at least I didn't get the date wrong twice within the same month. Wait, was that twice in the same month? No, I got it wrong in March before. Okay, no, it was um, April. Oh, it was April. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was for Kong versus Godzilla, right? No, it was Godzilla for Mortal Kombat. Oh. Did I, did I get the date wrong for yes, Mortal Kombat? Yes, you got the date wrong for Mortal Kombat. And then we took a week off, and then we did Anaconda, and here we are. No, no, they delayed, <laughs> they changed the date on Mortal Kombat. I got the date right, but they delayed it on me. Okay, well, what happened this time then? Yo. Did they also uh, change the date so on you? I'm, I am almost positive. I know I saw March for, uh, excuse me, May 14th. I know I saw May 14th. Shut up, Seth. I know I saw May 14th, all right? <laughs> oh, my God. You people with this Pringles. Oh, my gosh. Hi, yi, yi. Anyways. <laughs> You're calling out the audience. Wow. <laughs> you know what, Blue? I could use a hug. I could use a hug. I have all these people constantly trying to annoy me. I know everyone's always like new co-host, new co-host. Maybe I should Man. genuinely get a new co-host. Who would you get? Who would you get that? Who would who would you get that brings the views? I bring the views. I am the views. Well, there is the third C. Oh, that's right, there are three seasons in this agreement, oh shit. You're like, oh, that's actually legit. <laughs> yeah, so i get this man out of here, his hair can stay though. <laughs> oh man, that's right, man. The luscious, the lusciousness. I actually got to redo my hair this week before next week, so I'm probably going to change things up a little bit. But... Either way, point is, next week we can do Army of the Dead. I don't know what second movie we're going to do, but hopefully we watch something that is, you know, decent. Because, uh, 
This is two weeks in a row where I had trouble getting through a movie. We're supposed to do um, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. One of those two movies is good. Well, I mean, one is supposed to be not good. Or, well, I mean, it's supposed to be good, but it's not good, so that's why we're doing it. Oh, man. Uh, you know what's funny, actually? I actually don't think I hate The Hobbit as much as I hate Smaug. Because Smaug was the one that, oh, you know what? I don't want to get it. We don't need to get into it. We can get into it later. <laughs> but point is, I think I hate The Hobbit. No. Yes. I think I hate Smaug the most. And then after that, the middle one is the third movie. Forget. I don't even remember what that movie is called. Um, the Dwarves on the Mountain or whatever. The Lonely Mountain? Yeah. Um, all I, I have to say is... Okay, no, I can't just put it in one sentence. <laughs> I like yeah. what did I say? The um, it's the Hobbit, and who the fuck cares? <laughs> yep, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, you did your hair blue? Nice. Doing your whole hair is um, doing your own hair is tough. Trust me. Like I know, I I went from having to cut my own hair to actually having to like try and do this in a decent way. It doesn't look as good as when my cousin does it. Yeah, the whole Hobbit trilogy was booty cheeks. Hey, man, you speak truth. You speak straight truth. So, yeah, I wasn't a fan. But that's why we're also going to do the regular Lord of the Rings. Although, you're going to... You have the extended edition. I'll be watching it on HBO Max, which is like the theatrical cut. So. Oh, that's what I was supposed to get from my mom's house on Mother's Day. The theatrical? Oh, no, you wanted the to get the extended your cut, extended cut yeah. movie. It's okay. I, it's all in here, man. I don't even need to watch the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. You gotta remind yourself. You gotta remind yourself how the movie transpired. <laughs> I'm just there gonna watch... things you've forgotten. What? There might have been things you've forgotten. I guess it has been a while. I mean, it's been like, what, a month since I watched the first one? <laughs> I, think, I think I asked this before. Maybe you can remind me. Lord of the Rings or Pirates of the Caribbean? What is the franchise? If you got to work on a franchise, which one would you choose to work on? So that's not fair, because... Like, Lord of the Rings is, is why I even wanted to get in the film in the first place and I didn't realize this about myself until like later down the line but I'm a freaking huge Pirates fan and like maybe maybe I'm not so much a, a fan of the movies and more of a, no I'm a fan of the movies but like the concept of Pirates is fun um but like I don't know I don't know it's so hard <laughs> I, I had like if so when we do Lord of the Rings, I'm not gonna have anything to cosplay. Like I'm just gonna be like this because I don't have any like. Okay, that's not entirely true, but I don't have like a lot of stuff to show off for Lord of the Rings. But like when it comes to pirates, like I have a bunch of stuff. Like, think no, I think you have something to show off. You have like one of the most important elements of uh lord of the rings to show off your height you know you can be a hobbit (laughs) 
Okay, you're not even that much taller than me. I'm average for a, a female of my age. I don't know about you, though. I think you're probably below average, so... Please. <laughs> I don't uh -oh. like being this short. <laughs> because it's it's not hard to find a guy that's taller than me. <laughs> Fair enough. And also, Seth, I see you in chat. No one asked what you wouldn't work on, okay? No one asked what you would not work on. We asked what you would work on, <laughs> you jerk. No one was even... Okay, you know what? I can't start with you. I can't start with you. See, why do you do this, Seth? I'm having a good day. I'm talking with my friend. We're about to talk about some movies, and you got to come in here and incite my rage. You incited Steph, you incite well, me. I don't know if we're friends. I feel like we're just more like co-workers or like not even co-workers but just people who like work on things together. Ah, uh, uh-huh. Friends, friends is, is, friends is a word. strong word. Exactly, it's a professional relationship, uh, and nothing more. <laughs> nothing more. <laughs> mm. Mm -mm. I see you. I see you. It's okay. It's all right, though. You know what? One day, Soul Calibur will overtake all the fighting games and become the best fighting game ever created, ever imaginable in the history of ever. And when that day comes, I will be standing on the mountaintop with my flag saying, I knew this the entire time. <laughs> Yo, how fast is this this chat? You guys were way too quick. I thought we would like I thought y'all be de de delayed like a couple of seconds. <laughs> um Yeah, it's like on point today. Let's not jinx it. Knock on yeah, some no, right? knock on some wood, like Walls are made of wood, I, right? I got wood here, where the camera is. Never say it again. Is that World Mars, where there are no fighting games other than Soup Caliber, Poop Caliber? No, we haven't talked. We haven't talked about the window yet. Like we actually just started the stream, Stray Command. So we haven't actually talked about any movies yet. We're just like kind of shooting the shit with chat, with chat and and stuff, hanging out. Speaking of window, though, if you guys didn't notice. I moved um, from one room to the next room, but it's a bigger room, so I had more flexibility. And I'm like, check out my view, guys. Totally cool. <laughs> it's a corner. Well, I'm not doing a great job showing you, but I have like an outer corner so I can see the whole intersection. I have two windows. I, I have one here and one right there. And it's like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was telling her though, like I, I, I'm only saddened because I want to see some more of her artwork because she had more artwork that she was going to slowly add to that wall in the other room. So she's going to have to figure something out so that we can start seeing some of that artwork again. Yeah, we'll see. I might, I might, I might flip the room around so that everything is just like mirrored, and then there'll be a wall behind me, and then there could be art behind me. Instead of this plain white curtain. We'll see. Oh. We'll see how it goes. 
I like how Shrinking Man said, yeah, in New York where no one where no one has blinds. Yeah, apparently, right? But you know what? You know, at first I was thinking that might that might be a thing, but then I remembered that when I would go to certain places in California, like in the sunset area, I'd be walking down the street and no one has blinds on like on their house. And I'm just like and and it's the windows that are facing the street where people walk by and you drive by and there are no blinds on these windows and I'm like I for my brain cannot fathom that it does not compute like how do you not have blinds on your windows when people that are walking by can just look in it makes no sense to me I'm one of those people that enjoys looking into windows when like you know not like like this but like like I'll just be walking by or like in a car and I'll, and I'll just be like oh interesting <laughs> I'm just curious about like how other people you know live their lives and not not necessarily their lives but like how they choose to decorate their big beautiful houses that I don't have <laughs> Fair. Although I will say this, I did watch a film when I was watching, excuse me, when I was working on the film Jexy and I had to like um, basically lock down a corner uh, to make sure nobody walked. We were shooting at night. There was a house and I could see into the house and the person was watching a movie. I don't remember. Oh, no, they were watching Workaholics and it was hilarious because the guy that we were working with on the movie Jexy was the lead actor from workaholics so the person was in his house watching workaholics while we were working with that actor on the street but the great part of it was i got to watch the entire episodes the entire episode while i'm sitting there like locking down the corner and he's like in his house with no like blinds watching the movies i was like hey at least i have something to look at right now yep <laughs> i remember there was one time where we were just fire watching and like we just had to hold stuff for like couple hours and that was it yeah yeah fire watching is not the not the best job it was not fun but we got i didn't drop a name trick man i didn't say his name i didn't say his name <laughs> i didn't drop no name uh, i was gonna say we got to go to outside lands um i guess it was better for me because i actually got to go enjoy outside lands the next day but you did it <laughs> no because i was like it's in the city it's super far i it's whatever. I thought you like, had to work I, the next day. You said what? I thought you had to work the next day. Like you had another job. Oh, no. You know what? You're right. Because I think it was a two-day thing, actually. I think it was a job with the same people, but they didn't need you for the next day. Um, so you got the day off. It's because I couldn't drive. They, <laughs> right. Right. But then they had, two, they had, they had to buy two-day tickets, I think. They had that to get three-day tickets for the whole weekend, and we were there for two days. Right, okay. Or no, we and were so there for, the for one, day. one day. One day? No, I think you're right. I think we were there for two days, and then they had to give the lat, and then they gave you their uh, tickets, and then I think I gave you my ticket, and so you got to bring, like, yourself, your mom, and one other person, right? Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice. When is Winnie the Pooh? I don't know. Uh, we'll fit it in somewhere. Maybe we can do it next week. You want to watch Winnie the Pooh and Army, Army of the Dead? Dead? Yeah, why not? I mean, we don't have to spend money on anything. They're both they're both free. One on Disney Plus and the other one on Netflix. One very wholesome. One probably kind of ridiculous. 
All right, Steph. Thanks for the lurk, man. We're actually probably, probably going to get started on the recording soon. Thanks for coming through and just chilling, dude. Appreciate you. See ya. <laughs> New co-host is in and I'll be back. Oops. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Steph? Get out of here. I'll let, I'll let you know when I have new friends, and then you'll never be back. Don't worry, I'll warn everyone about not becoming his friend. Can, what, I forget what, my, what was the compliment that I gave you last time. I I don't remember. Can you can you tell everyone what it was? Oh, what was it? For somebody that has so many friends, it's amazing that you're actually able to keep any of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we get started on our first our first thing? Sucker yep, punch. I think we're going to start with Sucker Punch. So, for those of you that came for the window, that'll be the second movie that we that we talk about. Um, so yeah, we're going to watch. We're going to talk about the woman in the window. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, things are going good right now. Let's hope this continues once you press the record button. Right. Um, just real quick about you know um, woman in the window. I just want to point out that. Um, so, Chris and I never got to do any Hitchcock, uh, movie yet, and if, if you guys didn't know, I, um, I wouldn't say I'm a super fan, but I, I, I'm fairly versed on Hitchcock, and so, Woman in the Window is not by Hitchcock, but it falls into the realm of Hitchcock-esque stuff. And whenever you dabble with Hitchcock, it's either, like, going to be really bad or usually it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say usually it's really bad. You can't, you cannot, you cannot match up with the master. So, I'm actually really excited to talk about it. And I hope that you guys all um, stick around for it because I'm going to be blabbing a lot about it later. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's up, Justin? Thanks for coming through, man. We're just chilling. We're about to start talking about some movies. We're starting out with Sucker Punch, and then after Sucker Punch, we're going to talk about the Netflix film, um, The Woman in the Window. So, yeah, we're just hanging and uh, talking about film, man. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right, shall we get started? Do you need to, like, review your notes? Let's see. Let me look. Let me look real quick. I watched that the other day so i mean it's not as fresh as sucker punch i watched sucker punch last night and then finished it this morning um did you um did you watch it on tubi for free or did you pay for it like a sucker paid for it because there i i didn't want to have to take longer than necessary to finish that movie you wasted your monies yeah on a bad my movie I wasted my money to preserve my time, and my time to me is more valuable than my money. So, actually, I found because uh, I never used Tubi before, but it had less um, commercials than Peacock. Oh, really? Yeah, I think there were. Wait, they have fewer commercials than Peacock? Yeah. I'm removing oh, you. Crap. Take my vitamins. Computer, stop. Oh, Amazon <laughs> is listening. 
No, it, 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 I, I said a thing so that it reminds me at 8 o'clock every day to take my vitamins. And then I'm like, oh, shut up, I'm busy. And then I don't do it. <laughs> like right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> oh, um, man. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tubi had less commercials, so it wasn't so bad. Okay. Yeah. No, that's uh, <laughs> that's cool. I I knew there'd be commercials, and I I just didn't want to deal. I was like, Sucker Punch was already going to be kind of a thing for me to get through, and I was like, I don't want it to take. And the movie's already like an hour and forty nine minutes, and I was like, I don't need this movie to take two and a half hours of my time to get through. So, I, like, I will pay just so that I can like <laughs> get through it quicker. Um, thanks, Draka. If you could remind me before we end the stream, that would be nice. Because <laughs> I will forget. <laughs> That's true. Straker Man's got your back. So Straker Man has committed. He will be the one to remind Cheryl to take her vitamins before the stream is over. <laughs> take your vitamins. Okay. I'm good to go. Yeah, I'm good to go. I'll probably glance over at my notes every once in a while while we're, while we're filming. But, um, yeah. Wait. Oh no, we're talking about sucker punch. Uh yeah. I just I looked at my nose for a woman in the window. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, give me a minute. Oh, oh geez. Gonna, this okay. is gonna be a long night, guys. Chris does not have his head on straight. Or it's you right. it's less straight than usual. <laughs> Hey, it's okay though. It's okay. We're get we're getting there. Um, there's also not much to say about this movie. About but... Sucker Punch. Yeah. I surprisingly I have more notes about Sucker Punch than Woman in the Window, but I think I purposely did that because I'm gonna be real long winded about Woman in the Window. <laughs> I just knew when I was writing it down, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have tons to say about each topic that I have written down. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, well, I think I'm good. That means it. So we're starting with it wasn't that good, so you're the one who's going to be starting it, right? Ah, bonkers. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot it. All right. I'm okay, I got it. I'm ready. I hate okay, starting cool. it. <laughs> Alright, thank you, Striking Man. Appreciate the lurk. Alright, so whenever you're ready, Cheryl. Alright. Here we go in three, two, one. Hey, everybody! Welcome to C3 Films. Today we're doing It Wasn't That Good for another Zack Snyder film. I guess maybe not another, but. Is we're gonna do Sucker Punch and spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it, you don't really need to. It's a it's not that good. <laughs> Obviously. So I'm Cheryl and this is Chris. And let's get started. So Chris, tell me why you didn't think Sucker Punch was that good. Uh there's a couple of reasons. So I want to like Sucker Punch. Even when I watch it again, I want to like Sucker Punch. And when everyone talk, when anyone talks to me about like movies or openings to films, 
I will actually reference the opening to Sucker Punch because I actually think that it's a really cool way to open a movie because you show, you show an entire story of what happens without any dialogue. And I always like it when films can do that, when you can tell a story with no dialogue, but you know exactly what's happening and you're getting the entire story. And the music choice that they use in that opening segment is also really cool. Every I am with that movie, everything in the first five minutes leading up to that mo uh, that moment when they're in the car and the word Sucker Punch appears in written in rain on the wind on the side of the window, I think I think it's amazing. And it makes you really excited for what this movie is going to be. And then you realize that unfortunately the movie is kind of nonsensical with its story and how their um their motif their not, not their motif their metric um their device their device that's the word i'm looking for the device of the other world doesn't really matter and therefore you don't really care and if you don't care it's hard to get behind the film Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely I give, you know, credit for the idea of having, like, this alternate reality, but my problem with it was it just felt like it was too long for the scenes when, like, she is dancing. Like, we never really get to see the dance. It's just represented by a whole nother scene of like her fighting for her life and the, then later the other girls fighting alongside her and my problem with that was they didn't feel like they mattered because every time they basically succeed and I think um, there was only like that one time when Rocket dies that they don't succeed and it's reflected in the in the combat um, in, in that scene but mostly for me, it felt like it was filler. At some point, I actually was like, okay, I don't need to see this part, so I'm going to stop watching it. And I, like, walked away from it and, like, just listened to it to make sure I wasn't, like, going to miss the next scene. Um, so I just left it running and, like, got up and walked away. And I was like, these are just filler scenes. And they're, like, they're really unimportant. And they didn't even really look that great. Um, I know you said that... Uh, you know, before this show that you thought that it was a really beautiful film. I kind of disagree because I think it's too, it's too much. Like the CGI and like the combat, it just, it looks so hokey. <laughs> and like for like the CGI was, was really bad. And like, it didn't look like they were actually where they were supposed to be. And like the combat was kind of cool. I think for one Snyder did slow motion in like good spaces. Um, I don't, I think that there was still a lot of slow motion that was unnecessary in other places that, like, took too long to do, but I did not really enjoy the combat as much as I wanted to. Yeah, I can understand that. I don't know if I used the word beautiful. If I did, then that was an overestimation. I think the movie does look good. Um, there's, like, some cool uh, shots and stuff. Like, for instance, there's this cool shot where the girls are in the back room, like, looking at a mirror while talking to each other and the camera's panning around like on one side of the mirror then actually goes through the mirror and then you're on the other side and you're looking at them and they're looking at a mirror at the same mirrors but from an opposite angle and like when i saw that shot i was like i actually don't know how they did that 
and I mean, they had to use CG to do that shot, but it looked really cool because it makes you think that you're looking on the left side of a room, but then when you're done, you're actually looking at the right side of a room, but the, the room itself was mirrored when they were panning through. So like things like that were cool, but there's, there's other like, the, the movie basically wants to be a live action anime. That's essentially what they're, they're doing. They, you know, they have these powers, they can jump out of like helicopters and land and superhero landings and cause craters. You know, you have these big like fight scenes with these creatures and stuff that are like knocking them through buildings, but they're still fine. Um, and that's all well and good, but it doesn't matter. And I remember when I first saw the film, I was thinking to myself, if the actions that were happening in that world could be somehow tied to the actions that are happening in the real world, even if they're different, but there is some correlation similar to the one time when Rocket dies, then it means more, it matters more, because we can tell ourselves, this is what they're seeing, this is kind of how they're envisioning what they're doing, but what they're actually doing is something else, but based off of that world, we can we can surmise what's happening um, because the two are related. But that's not how it's, it's handled here. So like you said, it is filler. Um, the And it, the movie, I think, really, and this is where I have to say, maybe there's a chance that the movie is smarter than I am, but the movie is doing three layers. There are three layers in this film, all shot differently. You have the actual layer of the reality, which is the insane asylum. Then you have the second layer, which is like the burlesque dancing club. Um, and then the third and final layer is the layer where it's all action set pieces and, and they're fighting. Um, the movie also begins by going through the entire actions of the film in basically like five seconds. It tells you what, what's going to happen. You see her, she walks past the map, she walks past the fire, she walks past um, the knife, she sees the key, and then you see John Hamm give her a lobotomy, and then it cuts to the burlesque scene, and then we and then we're into the movie. Um, but it but the, it literally runs through the entire movie in the first five seconds. So I feel like this movie is trying to have some type of psychological message or some type of underlying theme that maybe I'm just not getting. But I also don't think that it was carried out that well. Yeah, I I definitely felt like it was weird that they had three layers. Like, what is the purpose of having reality and then another... The, a fantasy in a fantasy and a reality. It was like, this is like Inception, but it's like less thoughtful. And <laughs> it just seems so unnecessary. Like, why couldn't it just be like... It could have they could have just removed the whole first layer or the the whole second layer um and right. the whole third layer like they just needed two of them really they didn't need three i mean like i i feel like like the 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 awesomeness of the third layer which is the um the the combat scenes was lost because it just felt like so inserted in into the movie where it, like we keep saying, it literally serves no purpose. It's just her dancing and distract. Like, like literally you could get rid of it and then just actually have the actress do a, a little dance and that's it. Um, and, and that would have made the movie 
like at least 30 percent better <laughs> well it's funny you say that because the other thing about like just having her dancing is the fact that it would make more sense because the thing that becomes hard to like kind of rectify is the fact that you have the other girls in this in this alternate reality as well but they're not dancing so it's like why do they have this kind of shared shared reality or shared delusion when it's not all of them dancing together i can almost make an argument that if it's all of them dancing then it makes sense for them all to be there but if they're not all dancing why these other four girls and not any of the other girls that are standing around watching um baby doll dance there's mm -hmm. just there's no there's no rhyme or reason other than the fact that these are our main characters and then you know the other part that the movie i think is trying to be smart with is the fact that when you first meet sweet pea she literally says um you know that i'm the star and that's supposed to be the movies like nudge nudge wink wink to tell you that she's the main character and the story is actually about her and not baby doll um but even that kind of feels weird because i was watching this movie knowing that and based off of the things i was seeing i was like it doesn't really feel like it's sweet pea story like i'm not i'm not getting that from the scenes that i'm seeing like Sweet Pea and Rocket, yeah, they they have a backstory more than um, more than Amber and Blondie, but we don't see any of it, and we spent the entire opening with Baby Doll, so it's and it's her plan. So yeah. it, I don't know, it felt weird. It didn't make sense at all. I mean, it made sense that like she had to sacrifice herself to to like save Sweet Pea, but it didn't really points to Sweet Pea being the main character especially since like like you said the the background we get like we we get the origin story for baby doll we get you know the plan and like she's also the leader uh the whole time Sweet Pea is like against it she's she's like you know um like a the conflict almost for um for baby doll because she's like i don't think we should do this and it takes her some time to like get on board with it um she's very dismissive to baby doll so like there's nothing that really points to sweet pea being the one that's gonna pull through to the end and be the main character yeah yeah there really isn't and then and like the movie tries to play with like, it's really trying to do this kind of, you know, this is before Inception, but almost kind of this Inception slash, like, delusion or re alternate realities, but, like, um, things that exist in one reality are actually real. Because the other part that got me was the end of the movie. Because every layer is shot differently. So, props for that. You know, the intention is that if you're seeing it shot this way, we're in a different layer. It's kind of like Pan's Labyrinth in that way. It's it's shot one way, we're in the real world. It's shot another way, we're in the fake world. It's shot in another way, we're in, the, we're in the even faker world. So it just blew my mind that the last scene of the movie where, um, and then once again, this might be something I missed, but where Sweet Pea's getting on the butts, it's shot like the burlesque, um, like the burlesque world, mm -hmm. which we know is which we know isn't real. And then we see, you know, the bus driver, who's the guy that they were seeing in their fantasies or in their imagination, 
and he's you know and he's talking to her as if he knows her so there's supposed to be this kind of like thing based off of like the opening monologue of the film where it's like angels and appearing to you and stuff like that which also doesn't track well with the rest of the movie that opening dialogue is an issue for me they because they say even something like the your angels will shot shout through you through the voice of like a dragon or a demon or something like that if they need to um so yeah and then the idea that the entire plan uh, was so that sweet pea could live why why was it important that sweet pea live and all the rest of these girls die like what i don't get what makes her so special i get that she's strong but based off of that their shared reality they're all strong they're all capable so the only thing that i got from sweet pea and what the movie kind of tells me is that she gets to benefit from not wanting to do something and be, and even though she didn't want to do it and everyone else did she got to live and got to be free because everybody else was willing to sacrifice themselves for her yeah what kind of message does that send <laughs> <laughs> but but you know for about the bus driver though the thing that bothered me was like well one I thought that, like, he was a figment of Baby Doll's imagination, but then he turns out to be a real person. And I was like, okay, so the other girls were in the fantasies, but he he was there too, but he, he, was, he has nothing to do with the psych ward. And on top of that, like, as a bus driver, why, why did he lie to the cops? to save Sweet Pea, like, some rando girl that, like, he'd never met before in that reality. Um, it just didn't make very much sense. And I get, like, maybe he's, like, the, like, the guardian or whatever, but then it, it goes, then it becomes a, like, oh, so she needs a guy to save her? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be about strong females and... <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like the other thing that bothered me is like this the movie is gross like if you're gonna do a movie a, that you know starts out with like sexual crimes there has to be something that like there's no justice you know for for the for the like the father or stepfather whoever like he just gets no. away with it and, yeah, there's no on-screen justice. Yeah, and, like, and it's not even just about, like, the other people. Like, the whole thing is just really gross because it starts out with, like, the father being gross and then they go to a, a facility. They put Baby Doll in a facility where in the second layer and probably even the first layer, the people who are working at the facility are gross, and or at least the doctor. And, like, the, it's it's like a... It's a touchy topic, and I feel like they didn't treat it well. They didn't treat it respectfully. They made the girls, like, really sexed up and stuff, and, like, you could say that that's empowering and stuff, but I feel that it just wasn't done in the right way. Like, that's not how you show the girls being empowered in this situation. Yeah. And like, there's, there. I think there are some arguments I read about a while ago, and I don't know, I don't know them all enough to 
basically give them credence here, but there were some arguments I read where people were talking about how this movie was also supposed to call into or call to attention the objectification of women in the nerd space, um, which is why like all of the uh, places that we go to are like nerd centric type things where you have like the anime aesthetic with the samurai or like baby dolls wearing a, a schoolgirl outfit that you could call say a Japanese schoolgirl outfit and then all these other these other these other little elements and it's supposed to be Zack Snyder um basically I don't know if the satirize satirizing is the right word but um basically kind of pointing a finger at um at nerd culture and saying this is this is the type of stuff that you like and this isn't okay but you I don't and I like I said I I don't know enough about it to like really talk about it but if that is the case where that is something that he wanted to do it seems weird that you criticize this type of um fetishization of women by giving those nerds exactly the thing that they want mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah that doesn't make sense to me all like how i felt about it though was just that it was too much like that's mm. just i just feel like the the topic of sexual harassment was not treated properly it didn't it just didn't like sit very well with me i would have much preferred it to just to to not even be sexualized i i feel like that itself would have made the um the story or like the girls even more empowered by not being victims to begin with yeah because <laughs> basically that's where i remember it, that's where it started to feel good to feel bad to me too because when these girls start dying one by one it 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 does feel gross because it's like they're not getting they're not getting out they're not fighting back they are just victims throughout the entirety of the story and and the fact that sweet pea survives or gets out is not through any mechanizations of her own of anything that she does i mean if anything you could argue that she didn't take the knife quick enough and that's what actually causes them to get caught so it's it is very it is very weird, and it and it does feel bad when you start seeing Oscar Isaac's character just shooting these girls and like taking them out one by one. When they, the moment they start to start to drop, and I don't think that means like they can't die, but there doesn't. If your message is about empowerment, these women are only empowered in their imaginations, but in the reality, they're just as helpless, and they never and that never goes away, and that is a very contradictory message um saying that you can only be empowered in your in your imagination in your mind but reality will still kick you in the teeth mm-hmm. yeah and like at, at the very end she still even needs someone to rescue her so True. <laughs> True. It, it just didn't yeah. feel good and to me 
No, yeah, and like, and what you were talking about, how the the stepfather doesn't get any justice. I mean, they imply that he will because when they come and arrest Oscar Isaac, um, he says, "Oh, I'll tell you about the stepfather. I'll tell you all the information. I'll tell you all the money." And that is supposed to be enough to make you, as the viewer, like be able to um, in, infer that he will be dealt with. But it's not enough. It's not enough for catharsis and to feel good because we we started the movie seeing him being a terrible human being. We we know that the little sister died in order um, because Baby Doll was trying to protect her from him. So we know how terrible he is. We know that Baby Doll gets the lobotomy because of him. So the fact that we don't actually ever see him get comeuppance on screen like the most that we see is baby doll spit on him in a in the burlesque in the burlesque world where all of a sudden he's a priest in that world for some reason um and i guess he also was a zombie like he i think he was one of the zombies in the second world um which that'll bring me back to my final point when the worlds were tied to the object that they were trying to get it felt a little better even though it didn't feel great it's like, oh, we have to get the map in the real world. We're getting the map in this world. We got to get the fire. We're getting the fire. But then when they have to get the knife, it has literally nothing to do with this with a bomb on a speeding train. There's nothing about a bomb on a speeding train that equates to a knife. And so that one, even though it has probably like the best action sequence out of the movie, it's, nah, actually, I think the first action sequence is the best one. But point is that it doesn't, it feels even more like you don't care because you're not making because already the the worlds aren't connected and that one connection that we had which were the objects is now is now completely void in in this train sequence because now this has nothing to do with a knife yeah i totally skipped that one <laughs> i was like i don't need to see this they're they're gonna get it or they're not and i'll wait for that part <laughs> <laughs> right exactly and so yeah and then yeah, I mean the knife gives him the key because he's able to like she's able to stab him. But either way, um, I think at the end of the day, I I wanted to like the movie. I wanted to like the ideas that the movie was trying to put forth, but it didn't feel it didn't feel strong to me. It didn't feel good to me. And as far as and as far as the story goes, it did not feel like there was any connecting fiber between these layers that would give me a viable reason or or way to understand why these layers are important in the context of this story. Um, so. Only thing I have left to say is that I did enjoy one line that um, one of the characters said in the movie, and that's, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> Oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that was uh, the guy that said that. Um, yeah, I think if you think if you look at a movie like Pan's Labyrinth, that's a movie that does a similar type of thing like this, but better. Because even by the end of Pan's Labyrinth, you know, I'm not going to get into spoilers for it, but there's a question where you can ask what's real and what's not when you finish Pan's Labyrinth. And I feel like that's what this movie was trying to do, but just wasn't wasn't as successful. Pan, Pan's Labyrinth also only had two layers, so maybe that's the real thing. Maybe you really just want to stick to two layers at the end because there's 
where we doing a flashback within a flashback is not normally a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely teach you that in film school, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say? Um, are you good? I'm good, yeah. Take us out. <laughs> All right. So, that's what we thought about Sucker Punch. Um, no hate on you if you guys like the movie. It's just we didn't enjoy it. But what did you think about the movie? <laughs> Whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we will see you all next time. Cool. Yay! Damn. Another one bites the dust. Yeah. It's too bad. Like, I remember really wanting to like Sucker Punch for, like what they were trying to do but it's just not good <laughs> yeah maybe we really need to have another show where it's like what did i say it was just bad <laughs> it was just bad <laughs> oh man yeah so that was a little that was a little tough but oh well yeah, I mean, like, I didn't even really think, like, I, I didn't really put my finger on the whole, like, sexual harassment thing until we started talking about it. Like, I wrote down that I didn't like the, the like, whole thing with the dad and stuff. Like, I was just like, ew. And then they're, like, basically prostitutes. And I'm like, why? And then they're like all dolled up and everything and I'm like why? Why is this movie like this? Why? And then we started talking about it and I was like actually this really sucks. This is this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. You have a good point because if if the burlesque thing is a second layer, that second layer could literally be anything, which means it's the writers that decided that it made sense to equate this female insane asylum to a a burlesque club with um prostitutes basically mm -hmm. yeah so that was I a mean... writer's decision there's no like there's no connecting fiber between burlesque club and insane asylum exactly yeah that's what was like pretty much they could just get rid of one layer like, it didn't matter which layer, really. It just had to get rid of one of them, and it would have been more, like, cohesive, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, which is funny, too, because we spend the least amount of time in the first layer. I feel yeah. like the only time we're in the first layer is at the beginning and end of the movie. Yep. Beginning and end. That's it. Yeah. So, the, um, the movie had unique credits. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> oh, I was like, I'm done. The credits... I'm done with this movie. <laughs> that actually reminded me. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. A movie is a is a better music video than a movie. Uh, yeah. That would have been a baller music video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a better it's a better music video than than movie and. The last, the la, uh, the ending credits is basically another music video with really cool like animations and stuff on the credits. Like you never have, you never go to the point where the credits are just black and we're scrolling text. The entire credits until the very last frame of the movie is this this song that's being sung by Oscar Isaac, um, 
and I forget the woman who was there watching their charge or whatever and her singing and then you have Jamie Chung and people in there and like the credits are coming in like at angles like V's and like X's and stuff like that and it's for the entirety of the credits until the last frame. Oh, so I cool. thought that was kind of interesting because movies don't movies usually have like credits like that for like two minutes and then, and then it's, it's the just a credits. it's just a scroll crawl thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're feeling all right, Blue. <laughs> just got done talking about the, this movie, um, Sucker Punch, and gonna get ready to talk about the the woman, the woman film, <laughs> the woman in the window. Um, so. yeah, I'm excited. How long to was that, by the way? Because I started the timer late. I think it was like, let me see, it was definitely one of our shorter ones because we we're like, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was 25 minutes. Congratulations, Blue. Good job. 25 minutes. Okay, so that's still a decent time. It was over 20. Yeah. Alrighty. Good work, though, Blue. (laughs) That's how how we do, man. (laughs) Happy for you. I don't miss writing papers. Nope. Not for grades, anyway. And basically, whenever I write, I'm writing a paper. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a. It's like the. It's not really just the analysis part of it. It's like the formatting and like making sure you use fancy schmancy words and stuff like that. Yeah, don't forget to cite citations. Yeah, all that MLA bullshit. <laughs> Ah, I forgot it was called MLA. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the horror. The memories. Oh, no. Oh, man. Okay, right. let me look at my notes for this next movie. I don't think Striker Man's in chat right now, but because I know he wanted to like be here for when we talk about the movie. All right, do you want to ping him? Sure, I'll ping him real quick. Let him know. Double space that shit. <laughs> I have a trick for you. How to make the paper longer, like, deceivingly. <laughs> like, throw in a couple extra words to make your last sentence of the paragraph longer so that um, you can have, like, one word on the last line <laughs> of the paragraph. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. Oh, dude i used so i was actually pretty good at writing papers and i actually made like um a like like a guide on how to write an essay like oh nice an easy one and i was like passing it out to all my friends and stuff because a lot of people were asking me for help with like writing their paper and stuff like that and like all these tips and stuff did they did they find it helpful yeah I made it because I was like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Too many people asking me for help. <laughs> and then my mom was like, you should try to, um, to like, patent it and sell it and stuff. I'm like, nah, whatever. <laughs> That's too I mean, much work. <laughs> what? You could have been some money. You could have started off your uh, college career with, like, some good money in your pocket. Eh. I 
don't I don't think it would have really cuz then I I think I found something similar to that like at like Target or something for like 10 bucks or whatever. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's not as good as mine, but whatever." <laughs> See, that's why you should have done it. You can make some money. You might I might still try to commit you to do this. Didn't I send it to you before? I feel like I feel like I might have sent it to you. I, I called it Cheryl's Guide to a Beautiful Essay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Off topic. Yeah, kind of, uh, could have put you on the map. You could have made it big me. back in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, right. Man, what a time. But, all right, let me look at my notes on this real quick. Mm. (laughs) How many notes do you have? (laughs) What? I said, how many notes do you have? I mean, it's a, it's about, it's a, it's a little under a page. Um, it mainly goes with, it's mainly me talking about like different mystery type stuff. Um, like the movie has a lot of plants and, it's basically me, re- me writing down the plants when they when they show up. Because I'm like, oh, that's a plant. That's going to come back later. <laughs> that's a plant. I'm sorry, you but I did not pay any attention to the plants. Oh. Like, that's oh, probably... that's a fir tree. And that's a that's a fern. That's a... a oh, my God. That's not what I'm talking a about. A flower. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, what are you what talking are you about? <laughs> Plants and payoffs. Oh, plants! I thought you meant plants. <laughs> I was like, "What are you?" I thought you were joking just now. I didn't realize. I, I thought you were being. I thought you were being silly. I didn't realize <laughs> that you literally thought I was talking about plants. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I, I do remember that there were plants, plants but I didn't think there were that many plants. Oh my gosh! I no. know there was a garden on the roof. <laughs> You could also call them the Chekhov's guns, the things that get placed in the movie because they will be used at some point. Okay. Have you heard of that? Like that whole thing, the Chekhov's gun? Mm-mm. Basically, the Chekhov's guns basically says that if a gun appears in the scene, at some point in the movie, it will be used. So, and there's a lot of that in this movie. Okay. I might have missed a lot because I was too busy paying attention to other stuff. So this is gonna be a very interesting <laughs> conversation. You said what? This is gonna be a very interesting conversation. I feel like we're coming yeah. we're gonna be coming at it from two very different perspectives because um I know you hadn't seen very many Hitchcock films. Yeah, but I've seen the one that this one is similar to though. Rear window? Mm-hmm. Okay. Down to the point where my first note is Movie seems like a modern day rear window. Oh wait, they open by showing that movie. Okay, fair. All right, save it for the video. <laughs> that again, but yeah, I Rear Window is actually one of my favorite Hitchcock films. So how many have like, you seen? I like that. You've only seen like <laughs> three of them. I know, and out of the three I've seen, I liked it the mo- I liked it the most. Liked it more than Vertigo. Liked it more than Psycho. So <gasps> just. Yeah, I know. Actually, but, I 
I think I do like Rear Window better than those movies as well. Actually, the, those three movies are considered to be like the golden age of Hitchcock. Those three movies. So you watched the most um, popular Hitchcock films. Yeah, I should probably watch some of his other ones just so that I can not be like a mainstream viewer of Hitchcock. I know, but (laughs) study up, man. So, but yeah, but like, uh, I liked Rurundu a lot. So, um, yeah, so I immediately knew what this movie was was like spoofing, and then so you can imagine my surprise when the movie opens and. You, you see the still image right. of the main character from Rear Window. And I was just like, okay, that one's a nod. It's because it's our homage, but also that's for the film people that recognize. Because I don't think that many people, it's only on the screen for a couple of seconds. So I don't know how many people would be able to pick out that that was Rear Window. Oh, you think? What, what happened? I said, oh, you think? I, I Honestly, I... I of course, I picked it up right away, so I didn't really yeah. consider the regular population. <laughs> I I don't know if even the regular population has seen Rear Window, so I don't know. That's really sad. He's the master. The master. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. This one thing I want to remember. I have I have one major problem with this movie. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. All right. Well, let's go ahead and um, we'll tackle it and we'll see how it goes. Um, I am I am starting, right? Yeah, and finishing. Okay, cool. Well, I'm ready whenever you are. All right. Ready to go. Gonna start in three, two, and one. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today, we're going to be talking about The Woman in the Window. It's the Netflix film that just came out, so if you haven't haven't seen it, make sure you go and watch it, because we will be getting into spoiler territory in this film. Uh, Excuse me, during this talk. So, while we're at it, um, let's go ahead and just, uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. And we were just talking a little bit on stream, Cheryl, about how when I first came into this movie, I didn't know anything about it because um, we had a little mix up on uh, dates for a movie that we were supposed to talk about instead. And so we ended up talking about this. But when we started it, um, as soon as I started the movie, I immediately thought to myself, oh, this is basically Rear Window. Okay, so this movie is just kind of doing the same type of premise. And then the opening like clip shows on her screen the movie rear window so i was like okay at least the movie knows what it's paying what is what it's doing so they're not trying to hide it so after that i was like okay i can be i can be on board with this film as opposed to like thinking looking at it and just being like oh this is just like rear window or it's just like secret window with johnny depp um so all these or movies disturbia in the title disturbia is also basically a poorer version of rear window <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but, um, yeah, like, going in, uh, the movie is kind of framed as kind of, like, a mystery. Is 
kind of the way that I was approaching it when I was watching it. You get these little hints and like these bits and pieces that will come back later. We call them like, you know, like different Chekhov's guns throughout like the entire movie. Um, so like when I was enjoying it, it was because of these kind of mystery elements and trying to pick out the pieces to figure out what's happening, um, which, you know, can be really, can be really cool. But what, what were your thoughts on, on the film? And how uh, you approached it. Yeah, honestly, so I, I had to watch it twice because um, the first time I watched it, I watched it just, you know, casually. And then we found out that we couldn't do um, Army of the Dead. So we ended up um, deciding to watch this. So I watched it again. And my second time watching it, I was like, how did I not see... Um, all the all the clues and stuff like that 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 I would have gotten if I had paid more attention to um, the color theory. Like if I had known how well versed the people that made this movie were with Hitchcock films, I feel like I would have come at it with a, a very different um, a view of it. Um, the thing is, when I when I started watching the movie the first time, I was like, oh, great, it's going to be another Disturbia. It's going to be another, like, copycat of Rear Window. It's not going to be that good. Um, and then the more I watched it, the more I was like, whoever made this movie is a Hitchcock fan. <laughs> and they did pretty right by him by, uh, with, with what they did in this movie. And so I'm actually very excited about this movie, and I'm going to tell everyone to watch it. Um, I think it might be a little bit hard to appreciate the film as much as I did because I'm such a big Hitchcock film and I see like so many things that like Hitchcock would have had. Like it's a big homage. It's like a love letter almost to Hitchcock. Um, and it's, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I definitely want to go into color theory a little bit, um, I, uh, I feel like it's going to be a longer conversation, but there there were a lot of little motifs in there, um, like the, uh, what's her name, Julianne Moore um, tells Amy Adams to drink brandy, and brandy is a big Hitchcock motif, um, so are stupid cops. <laughs> And there's, like, a story behind that. Um, and, like, the cops weren't really that stupid, but they were also kind of, like, not giving um, her, like, any, you know, credit for what she's trying to say. And they just, like, blow her off. And that's also a very Hitchcock thing. Um, and also the stairs. The stairs is a huge thing. He loved having staircases in his movies. It had a lot of different symbolisms um, for different movies. Um, but it was like a four-story building, right? And they had like a, a bird's eye view. That's right out of Vertigo. And um, the, the whole thing with the colors, also right out of Vertigo. So it's not just Rear Window. It's, um, it's Psycho. It's uh, vertigo and I you know I, I feel like there's a little bit of a, a mix with uh, the lady vanishes which is not a very well-known uh, Hitchcock film for like this day and age I, I'm not sure if you ever heard of it but um, that one was also remade in a different way but we'll not get into all of that because I could talk forever about Hitchcock so 
Um, let me give you a chance to speak, <laughs> and then I'll talk about oh. color theory later. <laughs> okay. No, I'm. I I love it that you're this excited about the film. Um, yeah, the cops were inept in this movie. Uh, they 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 were just inept. Like there were sometimes you could make the argument that I can understand where they're coming from, but there are other times where it's just like this woman. Sure, maybe she made like a call when she was scared because she heard someone in her house and it turns out that it was the person that lives with her, fine. But she honestly didn't know. She no, He normally doesn't come in that way and whatever. But she has a picture of someone that took a picture of her while she was sleeping. Like, really? Is the cop's first thing going to be, oh, you could have taken that yourself? Okay. No, that's... Not... Do, so <laughs> do something else with your life. <laughs> it's like, you don't need to be a cop. But... Um, so as far as the mystery aspect, which is the aspect I found the most in intriguing for me, like, it's that, it's not just the mystery of what's happening to her and what's happening across the street. It's also the mystery of like what happened to her family, which I don't think that one's as big. I think that, I think that you can start to really figure out early. You can figure out that her family is dead before the reveal that happens in the movie. It's, um, it starts to become pretty apparent. Um, I do like how they kind of drip feed you who her family is like through, you know, first you get some pictures on the refrigerator and you can draw the conclusion. The thing that surprised me was um, the the cast that they got in this movie, because I, I started off, I'm seeing Amy Adams. So great. All right, cool. I know she's in the movie. I didn't expect to see Julianne Moore. So when she showed up, that was kind of crazy. And then I saw Gary Oldman. And I was surprised again. Like, Gary Oldman is in this movie? And then Anthony Mackie? Holy wow. And the guy that played her tenant, I don't remember his name, but he played um, John Walker in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is something else that Anthony Mackie is in. So it was kind of funny to see both of these um, actors in the same movie after watching, like, that television show. But you have the mystery of like what happened to her family. You see like the they keep going to like the image of like the spinning snow and everything else like that, which you know will come to play later when you actually see that flashback. Um, when the the kid comes across the street and he sneezes on her and he's like, "That's you know I smell like oh sorry it's the cat." That's something else that's going to come back later. It doesn't pay off as as well as it could have um, because you hear him sneeze at the end of the movie and then right after you hear him sneeze, you see him, and so. That one doesn't seem as good, but some of the other elements that they have in um, the movie that come back are good, like the woman crying at the bottom of the stairs um, and like things like that. So I liked those elements of the movie, and that's where I found the most enjoyment from it. Um, yeah, I... Honestly, for me, the enjoyment was just being able to see and pick out all the little details. Like, well, that came from this movie and that came from that movie. I think that is probably one of the biggest, like, things for me is that it's not just Rare Window. And, and that's that's what you would be initially pointed at. And I thought, actually, that the murderer was going to be Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman's character. Because then it would, that's how, that's how it would have been um, if they were going to copy Rare Window. So, right. that's why I thought, like, oh, it's going to be Gary Oldman. Like, my initial thought was, like, oh, that's what, like, they're just copying it. 
so I already know who the murderer is. Because that's how it was, like, in Disturbia, too. Sorry, spoiler for Disturbia. But who cares about that movie? Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's who you think it's going to be. Um, and uh, it's funny you said Spiral, because that that's from Vertigo. And <laughs> even the music is, like, I really like the music. I don't know how you felt about the music. It wasn't, like, um, super, like, uh, like, memorable but again it was an homage to uh, Hitchcock and um, Bernard Herrmann in this case because it was it was basically borrowed from Psycho um, it's not exactly the same but it's that type of style and uh, with you know the string in instruments and the music sounds very similar to Psycho so you could tell like oh that that is Psycho music but it's just a little bit off so I thought they did really well with the music, like making it their own and making it right for the movie. Um, and then uh, I also agree with you, the cast is like amazing. I was also like, oh, Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gary Oldman. So that's another plus. Um, I am interested to know uh, what you what you didn't like about the movie. Um, so there are two things, but I'll first start off by saying that the movie's director is Joe Wright, and Joe Wright has done one of, probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, maybe it's, like, in, like, my top ten, I have to think about it, but he did Hannah, um, which is an amazing movie to me. He also did, I think, what is it, Pride and Prejudice? Um, so, like, uh, Joe Wright is a very good and competent director and is capable of doing many different genres. Like Pride and Prejudice is very different than Hannah, which is very different than this. Um, but what I found myself, and maybe this is because of like the mystery aspect, since that was the thing that was drawing me in in the beginning. By the end of the film, I found myself walking away from the movie and being like, and having this feeling of, it's fine. I didn't have this feeling of this movie's amazing. This movie is like blow, blows me away. The feeling I had was the movie felt um, safe. It felt like it felt by the book, and so that so for me there were certain things that kind of came across as a little more cookie cutter. And at the end of the day, while I'm like, okay, well the movie works because because of the fact that I was pulling out all these things that they were like dropping as hints throughout me watching it. And I was like, this is gonna come back later. This is gonna come back later. And without, you know, missing a beat, all those things come back. It felt standard. And while I'm like, it's not a bad movie, I would never say that. It, I The feeling I had was that it's not a great movie. And the, um, so that's just personal feelings. But story-wise, the thing that bothered me in the film that kind of, like, stretches its own logic is when Katie, who's Julianne Moore's character, comes in, who we think is Jane Russell, um, she hasn't been seen before. She hasn't been seen around the house. She hasn't been viewed or anything. Um, and our main character is an agoraph agoraphobic and she watches people from her windows and that's how she has all the information about people but 
she has no information about this woman that's in her house. And so it doesn't make sense that her first thought is to call her Jane Russell because she doesn't have any information to suggest that it would be Jane Russell because she hasn't seen her before in the context of the film. But when she says it at the time, you as the audience are led to believe that because she spies on people, she's seen this woman before, and that's why she knows that it's Jane Russell. But she hasn't seen this woman before, as you find out later. So that part of the movie where she calls out her name out loud and says, oh, you're Jane Russell, doesn't really make sense in the context of the, the story that they have given you up until that point. And the entire mystery hinges on her making that mistake. And that bothered me. Um, but that's the only thing about the story that bothered me. And then the other stuff was just the fact that it felt normal. Okay, that's a good catch. I feel like I had to watch it a third time to see um, if I could figure out how you're wrong about the... No, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, like, yeah, I, I guess I would. I could agree that the movie is, like, only okay. It's not, like, it's not incredibly special. Um, but like I said earlier, I think the reason why I like it so much is because... I'm a Hitchcock fan, and I could, like, you know, what do they call it? A love letter to Hitchcock, and that's really what it is. Um, so I think, like, you know, if, if, if someone is really well-studied with Hitchcock and just, like, knows, like, how Hitchcock does his films um, or, like, the themes in his films, that's really what it is. It's it's just, like, almost like a, a movie for the crowd, the, the fans, it's a fan film. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that, like, with that knowledge, I can perfectly understand how you or somebody that has that knowledge would appreciate this film even more than someone else because you can see the elements that people are, like, leaning into here and here and, like, really paying respect to this great filmmaker. Um, I'm not as familiar with um, Hitchcock's work, like I have a passing familiarity, which is why I can recognize that there are ties to Rear Window, but these other kind of more intricate and detailed ties, I wouldn't get, and therefore the movie wouldn't be as fun for me to go through it as it will as it would be for somebody that can even pick apart the color theory and how that is it's in itself <laughs> paying homage, paying homage to um, to, to Hitchcock. So it sounds like you just were able to like have a much more fun time just experiencing the movie um, than I think the average moviegoer would be able to. I did. Yeah, I was watching it with my boyfriend, and, like, when she was like, here, have some brandy, I was like, oh, my God, that's a Hitchcock thing. Oh, my God, oh, my God, this is so awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> over brandy. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to try not to talk too, too much about the color theory. But um, but I do want to point some stuff out. It might be a little bit more fun for everyone to go back and watch this movie again. Or if you haven't seen it, um, it's something that you can, like, kind of pay a little bit more attention to. Because um, I do think they did a fairly good job with the colors. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but it was quite a colorful film. If you had seen Vertigo before, it's also a very colorful film for um, a, color, a colored film. Um, it wasn't... Hitchcock's first colored film, but it was his first film where he um, decided to use 
color heavily to support the story. So in this case, I feel like they kind of copied Vertigo's color um, symbolism. Um, not exactly to the T. I, I, while I was watching it through the second time, I definitely paid more attention to it. Actually, I didn't notice it until the second time I watched it, where um, Ethan, the son, comes... Um, the first time we see him, he's wearing green, and he, it's, it's not like a, it's not a really noticeable flashy green, it's more of like a, a muted green, but it's green, and, um, when there's, I mean, if you just watch it back, you'll see that, like, usually there's something green around him, like, he's either wearing green, or, like, the walls behind him are green, or, like, the tones are just green, and when, um, when Amy Adams is talking to him, she's standing next to a green vase or like a it's a green lamp and it's like very emerald green when she's talking to him. So the color green in Vertigo was a symbol of like ghostliness um, and that's it's hard to, it's hard to like go into it without like having to explain the whole plot of Vertigo. But <laughs> what you could say is that it's like the color that represents deception. Red is obsession, blue is reality. So there's a lot of those three colors in this film. Um, and and any time that Amy Adams' character is being really obsessive, she puts on like her red pink robe and then it becomes a red robe and like the building across the street is brick red. Um, her curtains are red. Um, whenever she is in her bedroom and she's talking to her family, her daughter and her husband, the room is all like pinkish red. So there's that um, obsess obsession with like spying on other people and um, trying to solve the mystery and uh, of what happened to Julianne Moore. Um, and then there's the the blue when she's talking to her psychiatrist. The whole room is blue. The curtains are blue. She's wearing blue when she is sane. And then once she starts getting obsessive again, she puts that robe on. So if you 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 could pick that up if you know to look for it. But if now you could go back and watch it, and then you'll be like, oh, I can see it now. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of detail. A lot of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't pick up on any of the color stuff. Um I wasn't I probably I'm I wasn't really looking for it, but yeah, and I wouldn't even know I haven't studied Hitchcock like that, so I wouldn't know like what the different things represent. Um yeah, I mean I was just paying attention to like moments where the tenant would walk up to the the roof and say, Hey, your skylight your skylight's a little weak, you need to get that changed, that's dangerous. 'Cause right and then right after he said that, I literally said out loud, Oh, the, fi the villain at the end of the movie is going to die from that. <laughs> so yeah. that's the stuff that I was picking up on. I definitely feel like they put in more time and effort into crafting it to pay homage to Hitchcock and his, um, his three um, Golden Age films, which is Psycho, Rear Window, and Vertigo. So, like, if you had seen any of those three and then you watch this movie you might pick up on some of these little details or like maybe you just need to study a lot like i do or like i did but um 
But yeah, but the color theory definitely is something that like, you know, everyone can, when you watch it or go back and watch it again, it'll be fun to just be like, oh yeah. Like the, the fact, the very fact that Ethan comes in the first time you see him, he's wearing green. And uh, even the second time he's wearing green, I was like, I should have known that he would be the murderer be- just simply because he's wearing green. It's like, it's the movie's way of telling you at the beginning. Yeah. I'm, and I'm sorry, no, I probably ruined Vertigo for everyone if you haven't seen it yet. But, like, also that was, like, what, over 50 years ago? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's, it's fine. And I don't think, I feel like people probably won't even remember. Um, no, so I, I guess my next question for you then is that were there other little Hitchcock things that you, you picked up on that outside of, like, color, like, maybe through, I think you mentioned some things about, like, music and sound, but... What about through just characters or anything like that? Was there anything else that was kind of here that you think paid homage to Hitchcock? Um, not, not really. Uh, there were, like, I, I basically mentioned, like, all the, the big points. I'm sure if I go back and look at it again, I'll probably, like, pick up on some more stuff. Um, like, it wasn't even until you, you just when you were talking earlier and you mentioned that um the there were like some shots of like um spinning and i was like oh yeah spirals that's totally a vertigo thing um so you know i think it's just going to be one of those things where if you if you keep watching it back or like or if i keep watching it back i'll pick up (laughs) on more stuff (laughs) yeah no um yeah i think that the other thing um about this movie so we talked about the cast briefly is that the movie is very well acted like emmy adams is amazing she does a really good job in her role i i don't i think that the detectives kind of come across a little weak to me sometimes um but it's it's little it's a little thing but now you um, know it's intentional. i think in general you saw up but now you know that it's intentional right because he wants them to be yeah, it's it's an homage to them the police being inept mm-hmm. um one of the things what like a really cool moment for gary oldman like gary oldman is brilliant um but the reason i knew gary oldman wasn't the killer was from when he came into her house and was saying stay away from my son and he was getting up in her face he get and he's like angry and he's in her face and you're like oh my god this guy is scary he's dangerous and then he ends that by saying please (laughs) and then he leaves so the last word that he utters in this command of her to leave them alone is a plea and in that moment i was like oh he's not the killer he's not he there's something else going on there's something else going on and he's trying to protect somebody um or something or you know he 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 does not ha- he does not based on this conversation he does not have it in him to kill somebody. So and then at that point I was like, maybe it's the son. But there's also a part of me that was even wondering if Julianne Moore's character was even dead, because or if she I quickly was even figured real. out that she wasn't. So what? Or if she was even real. Yeah, there's that too. Um, I I I think I assumed she was real, but I assumed that she was a liar. Um, I assumed that she was like 
she wasn't who she said she was. And I was thinking that maybe she was a mistress because there's other little points in the story that are like, they also serve as hints. You see her come out of the house and then walk away. And you're like, that feels weird for somebody that lives there. So you must not live there. Um, so I thought she was, I was actually thinking she was a mistress. So the movie did catch me off guard. I didn't realize that she was going to be the birth mother of the kid. But when I thought back on it, I was like, of course she was because based on how she was talking about her son, that was and that was meant to be there as a way to show you that she really does love her son. Um, she knows what she's talking about. She's talking. She's not making it up. She's talking to somebody else that has a kid about what it's like to have a kid, and they both understand each other. So, she's not faking that. Um, and that's just and that's one of the like some like nuanced things in the acting that really comes across. I mean, story-wise, I guess you could write away, you could write a something in there that says like, oh, she's just a really good actor, she's a really good liar. But um, as far as the acting goes, like it supports the narrative, it supports the story. And that's something that I really appreciated coming from everybody. I think for the part though, when, uh, when we see Julianne Moore leaving the house across the street, um, <clears throat> I, I feel like to me it was like they got into an argument or they got into a fight and she just had to get out of the house. Mm. That's how I perceived it. So at that point I didn't think yet that she wasn't Jane. Mm. Yeah. I mean and that's fair. I think that's what you're you're intended to think for whatever reason that just it felt weird to me. So I kept that in the back of my mind when like going through the rest of the story. But you know, I had fun. I had fun like trying to figure out the mystery. I like mystery stories. I like stories that get drip feed you different bits of information and try to see if you can put it together before you get to the end of the film. Like that's a that's a good time for me. Um so I did have fun uh watching this movie. It's just that when it by the time the curtain, you know, rolled, like there were the curtain of credits. <laughs> by the time the credits rolled, um I was I just found myself being like it's fine. It's a fine movie. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that there was anything special for me personally. I had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's just me. Uh, I, I definitely would encourage everyone to watch at least Rare Window and Vertigo before watching this if you can or want to. But um, I feel like it would make... Uh, this movie feel better than if you had gone into it without any background at all. Yes, I definitely think that. I think I can agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, I've kind of gone through most of the things that I wanted to say. Is there any? Is there anything else from the Hitchcock master that you want to leave us with? You you have the floor. We still have some time if you want to. There's something else that you're just itching to get off your chest about this film. Um, no, I'm good. I said everything I wrote down. <laughs> I think I, sw I talked too fast earlier. <laughs> you you had a lot to say. I got right so. straight. I, I just went straight through it. I'm like, this is everything. And we didn't even have a discussion about it. I just told you what, what, what was what and that was it. <laughs> Which is fine because I wouldn't have been able to tell you what I would even have thought like the colors meant because I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking there. But I will say that 
listening to you talk about it, it does make me want to rewatch the movie to see if I can catch some of these colors. But I think I would rather watch the movie after watching uh, Rear Window or any of those other films um, for a second time so that it's more fresh in my mind before going into this film so that I can recognize some of the um, things that you're talking about that carry over or that they're trying to like reference or pay homage to. Mm-hmm. You so. can definitely watch The Lady Vanishes. I think there's a lot of um, stuff borrowed from that movie as well. Okay. That one's old. That's very cool. <laughs> Another old one. Which, like... He, I'm guessing he did that before Vertigo and all the rest of them? Yeah. That was a black and okay. white one. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, cool. But yeah, um, that's what we thought about The Woman in the Window. Like, what did you guys think about it? Did you see it? Did, 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 um, did you enjoy it? Do you think it's, a, it's worthy of its spot as number one on Netflix? Um, were you able to catch all of like the Hitchcock references that uh, Cheryl was able to catch? Regardless, whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, subscribe. Even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been... Cheryl, and we will see you all next time. Woohoo! Another one! Oh, we're on a roll today. Under 30 minutes. Wow. Like the old days. Yeah. We're being succinct. <laughs> we used to talk way too much before. <laughs> I think we yeah. were we were getting close to forty minutes sometimes. Yeah, we were like some of the well, that was mainly the Star Wars ones. The Star Wars wants to be like thirty-seven minutes. Yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars really. I feel like if you were as big as a Hitchcock fan as I am, it would have been like that this time. See, I was like, I can't write that many notes because I'm just gonna go. Oh, and I did do that, but then you were like, oh, okay, that's information I didn't know, and now I know it. <laughs> yeah, basically, I, I, if I was more of a Hitchcock fan, yes, this could have been, this could have gone on for like 45 minutes, but because I didn't have any of that information, I'm just like, I'm a casual in this moment. So I'm like, I'll, I just, I really could have just listened to you talk this entire stream. But doesn't like, it seem like Cheryl. more interesting and more fun now that you know how much, how, like how many little details they added to this movie? Yeah, well, even like down to the music, I thought that that was kind of like I thought that that was cool. Did you notice um, the music was from Psycho? No, no, like so that you were talking about the fact that they brought like even the music that they added is also like Hitchcock reference. I think that that's cool. So like, you know, that that makes me want to go back and watch it um, again. Like, I was surprised that, like, the, I mean, I guess this is the right word, but I was surprised the, uh, at the gore that was in the movie. Wasn't expecting it. Yeah, that surprised me, too. That's not really a Hitchcock thing, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it felt like it came out of nowhere, because up until that point, we hadn't really seen any, like, gory deaths. Like, yeah. even when we saw the woman stabbed, it was already in her, but it wasn't, like, guts or anything coming out. It was just blood. Yeah. And then when we saw what's-his-name stabbed, we it basically happened off-screen. We didn't even see it happen. Um, so for him to take, like, a garden rake or whatever... And just, and, like, like ugh, in her face. Yeah. That, like, freaked me out. That shocked me. I was like, ah! <laughs> I yeah, like, I think that's away. what the intention was. I think it was supposed to shock you, but yeah, that caught me... That caught me way off guard. Um, so uh, I did think it was funny how he brought up how, like Ethan, he brought up how the first woman he killed by pushing off the building, that it took her five minutes to die when she hit the pavement. 
And I thought that it was going to take him five minutes to die when he went through the skylight. But that was like the one time when the movie tricked me and a, a little, um, some information that was given didn't have a payoff. <laughs> I mean, it kind of did, but in a, in the opposite way. Yeah. <laughs> but I did like how they did that shot. I liked the fact that when he fell through the skylight, the camera didn't go with him. Um we stayed on her and then panned and then just saw the aftermath of what happened. But we didn't like see him go through and then follow him down or like have a shot from the inside and see him fall through. Like it was just, he fell, you knew it was over and we stay on the main character. I'm actually surprised that um, they didn't do any, uh, it's funny cause you were, you were asking me earlier if there were any other things that, that they um, borrowed from Hitchcock um, in terms of, like, other stuff. Uh, and what one thing I noticed that they didn't really steal too much from is um, the camera stuff, the camera angles and stuff like that. Because um, Hitchcock is very well known for being innovative with the way he does his shots. And um, he's also known for making the actors... Um, cater to the camera as opposed to the other way. So they would have to make their mark every time, otherwise they'd have to do it again. So, if you didn't know, um, in Rope, Hitchcock did the, I think it was the very first um, long single take, longest single take, which was eight minutes in the movie Rope. Where they... I've heard of this, but and I, I want to say I've even seen the shot, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not able to remember it right now. But now you can watch. You can go and watch Rope. Also, a very good movie. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. It's in that one too. Um, and then the other one that he did from he had two famous ones in Vertigo, which is the 360 um, shot. Where, like, you, mm-hmm. you go, like, completely around the room. Like, usually it's, like, oh, here, and then there's shit in the background, and you can't, like, turn around, or you have to, like, cut it and then go over there. Um, yeah. He was the first one to invent the 360 shot. And then he also did um, the most commonly borrowed shot, which is um, the, I think it's, like, you pull, and then you zoom at the same time. And dolly zoom. Yeah, the dolly zoom, that that thing, I don't know what it's called. But <laughs> that's also invented by Hitchcock, also in Vertigo. So I'm surprised that none of those were used in this movie because those three are, like, what Hitchcock is most famous for in terms of camera work. Wow, um, yeah, it's funny because the movie we watched last week had a dolly zoom, and that had nothing to do with Hitchcock. Yes. I was actually referring to it. I was thinking it was in the movie because it was in the movie Jaws. But this is the film that is supposed to be homage to homage to um, um, to Hitchcock, and it's actually not in the film at all. Yeah, they could have done it with the stairs, but I guess like the th- the thing about it is like maybe there just wasn't any like good reason there was like no specific purpose for it like everything else had a good reason to throw in there 
Um, but I, mean, I, guess, I guess she like, could, they could have did it. They could have did it when she noticed uh, Julianne Moore get stabbed, and then she like is like shocked. That that would have been a good moment to to do it. Mm, maybe I I like what they did though. Mm-hmm. I I do feel like there were a lot of like nice stylized moments that they did really well with um their camera angles in some places um no i wouldn't have changed that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not sure where i would put it but you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it's probably better they didn't change it and like the thing about that shot is that it has the potential to be cheesy yeah yeah i think if anything maybe doing uh like a long one take uh or not one take one one shot one take is it one take or one shot it's usually one take and one shot it's usually both a one take one but but i think it's referenced as a one shotter a one shotter because like you could you could call it a one take but they would have had to probably do many takes to get the one take (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's mainly the the illusion because you also don't know how many takes they take, like you yeah. were saying. You don't know how many takes they're taking as a viewer, but it's the idea that it's uh, one shot. So it has the appearance of being one shot. Mm-hmm. Which, Sucker Punch had one of those in the scene that you uh, skipped over, in the train sequence. They had they have the appearance of uh, of a one shotter, but it's annoying because there's a lot of you can tell the places where they could have cheated um because it's all like green screen and cg so and there's this there, there are these artificial like speed ups and slowdowns um so even though it's like this entire fight is technically you know one shot it doesn't feel as good as other one shots that you would see in other movies mm-hmm. plus you know that they cheated like Back yeah. in the back in Hitchcock's day when he did rope, there was no cheating. They had to do it, like over and over again until they got it right. Damn. Yeah. And and they were using film. And the camera moved, so that means the first AC had to be on point. I was like that focus <laughs> pulling though. <laughs> yeah. Like that focus good pulling. <laughs> it's got to be on another level. Just- I mean, you got to give it to them, though, because then that is truly what teamwork looks like. Because you have the actors that have to memorize their lines, but also hit their marks. You have the sound person that has to capture the, the, the audio from the actor's lines, but know the frame line so that the boom never dips into the frame. You have the dolly, um, the dolly grip that has to move the, the dolly around um where they're going and be able to have the strength to push and slow down at the right at the right speeds at the right time you have the focus puller the first ac that has to like make sure they hit that focus every time because you know where they're looking you know where that camera's gonna point um yeah it's just it's it's like this whole um amalgamation of all these different things that come together uh, this collaboration at work that when it actually happens, it becomes this kind of beautiful choreography between all parties involved. 
I like this like this masterful dance and it's something to be praised. It's it's crazy. Yep. Hey that one girl, thanks for the alert. <laughs> <laughs> so to sum that up, um you should all watch rope. <laughs> I have to watch Rope because I like. I'm pretty sure I've seen the scene because of film school, but I am positive I have not seen the movie. It's a good movie. I mean, I would. I mean, it's hard to be like. I would recommend this or I would recommend that because I'm like you should just watch all of them. (laughs) Oh, but Hitchcock has always been like a kind of um, what? Uh, He's like he's a he's like a horror film director, right? No, no, actually. Um, I think Psycho is, like, the only horror film that he ever made. Isn't The Birds also a horror film? Mm, I, okay, maybe, I guess. But he's he's known for, um, or, like, people think that he's, like, a horror filmmaker, but he's really, um, into spy, spy movies. So, I mean, yes, he he does, he does like kind of dabble in both. Like he's on the line between spy and horror, like thriller. Um, or like, but he's not really. Uh, it's it's not really supposed to be scary. Like his movies are not supposed to be scary. Only Vertigo. Uh, no, sorry, not Vertigo. Psycho, is um, supposed to be scary. And I guess the the birds, but the birds wasn't really that scary right but psycho okay. is scary like right i i'm still scared of psycho <laughs> i need to watch the movie again but there's been some time um and i've never seen the birds i've only actually seen clips so um yeah i wasn't i'm not that familiar with it it's all right. Um, that one is not one where I'd be like, oh, you should watch it. Like, if I had to, like, knowing that you've already seen the three Golden Age films, um, I would tell you to watch uh, The Trouble with Harry is one of my favorites. Um, that okay. one is that one is funny. That one is not, um, like, I feel like if you watched it, you, you might not know that it was a Hitchcock film. Cause it's like interesting, so it's not like serious. Yeah, it's it's funny. Um, and then uh, I'm fond of Rebecca. It's one of the like older older ones, but the reason why I liked it is because even though it's so old, I was still surprised by the ending. And so that's why I put it on our list to watch because um, I would be very interested to know how you like like what you thought would happen and if you were surprised by the ending because sometimes i'm surprised and i should have been and that's just me being like me Mm. um Mm um but that is one of the things that i really love about hitchcock is like i haven't seen all of his films but i've seen like um a good number of them and i'm still surprised by the ending even though like people have stolen his stories like it still surprised me like for the ones where like the 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 ending like the story has not been stolen like vertigo that's not been stolen rear window has been stolen many many a time 
but like uh, other stuff like uh the lady vanished vanishes has been stolen and i can tell you which movie um stole from that uh Wait, which one the it i forget the name of it but uh jody foster was in it and it was like her is that the her daughter one where she disappears gets by all the guys in the pool bar um all i remember is it's jody foster and she loses her daughter on an airplane Oh, okay. That is a hundred percent stolen from the Lady Vanishes. The Lady Vanishes does that take place on the airplane too? No, they didn't have airplanes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure. It was a train. It was on a train. Um, that's another okay. Hitchcock motif. He he had a lot of stuff take place on a train. He always gotcha. has trains. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Kind of cool. So definitely, we should watch Rebecca. That's on our list. Um, and then the trouble with Harry is a lot of fun. I would totally recommend that. Rope is another good one. And I think maybe even okay. North by Northwest is also a very very good one. Um, I also enjoyed Marnie, which isn't as. Um, common but do you know who's in marnie um diane baker <laughs> oh wow okay yeah um and uh sean connery wow okay so yeah though that one was a lot of fun um i enjoyed the strong female role in that one in marnie um <laughs> Very cool. All right, I'm going to stop being a fan. Fangirling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's uh, not too bad. We, uh, the solid stream, we got our recordings done without any issues. This is this was a great... I know, right? Well, don't speak too soon because I have to end the stream correctly. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> and I've, I'm well right. known to, to do that wrong. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just happy everything is working out right now or worked out tonight. Uh, do we know what we're going to be watching for next week? Um, we know we're doing Army of the Dead. Do we? Did we decide if we're going to do Winnie the Pooh or whatever? Christopher um, Robin? Yeah, I think we can do Winnie the Pooh. All right. So we'll do. So we're going to do uh, Army of the Dead and Christopher Robin for next week. Yay. Um, and. I don't have to post anything, right? Like, as far as video. Like, this video doesn't go up tomorrow or anything. No. Are we into our two-week break on our YouTube right now? We're... Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I'll look later. I think tomorrow... Yeah, I'll look I think tomorrow um, is our season finale. Is tomorrow Pirates? Yeah, I think so. Because we did it wasn't that good. So this one's going to be um, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> My was... mom came across our YouTube videos again just while she was cr scrolling YouTube and she called me and was just like, I need to find how to get your YouTube again. I couldn't find it. So... I like got her to subscribe and I said, here, if you subscribe, now you can always find us. 
Um, you can always find us here. You can always find <laughs> us like under your subscriptions, and you can see every video we've done, so you can watch them at your leisure. Now she gets to see me and a mustache. Yeah, that's why she stopped. She said, I saw your friend, uh, Charlene. Um, I was oh. Like, Cheryl. oh, yeah, Cheryl. I saw your friend, and she was dressed as a pirate. <laughs> Like, yeah, that was her. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I wasn't there that day. Oh, that's true. That's right. It was Captain Jack Cheryl. <laughs> I forgot. Sorry. No, don't mean any disrespect. <laughs> well, I'll be looking. It sounds like we have like a couple of normal movies for a while. I'll be looking forward to when we can do some of like our favorites again. I'll look, I'll look forward to like doing Lord of the Rings and. Um, some of that type of stuff. I guess we'll figure out how we want to do Marvel movies going forward. Or, you know, Hitchcock, any of these movies Hitchcock. as things are changing. <laughs> you know, my my teacher told me I should write a book. <laughs> I think you should. So, like, what, what the assignments were, it was like, it was supposed, like, every week we had an assignment. And we were supposed to write uh, one um page uh front and back handwritten and i typed it every week and i gave him two to four pages every week <laughs> typed wow. single space wow <laughs> yeah you but need he to write, loved you need to write a book he didn't tell it me to stop doing money. that so <laughs> He encouraged me. I said he he didn't tell me to stop, so I kept doing it. And then he, I think he, I think he enjoyed it. I guess the important thing is that you were happy. I was happy. I was very happy. <laughs> All right. Well, so we know what we're doing next week. Next week will be Christopher Robin and Army of the Dead. So we'll make sure we make an announcement on friday but for those of you guys that are here if um either of those two movies interest you or if you want to be a part of that conversation feel free to watch the movies um this week and then we'll talk about it next week um since we're going into our season two we're just uh, yeah like we have a lot of things planned as far as movies that we want to go like we want to do it's like and these are like movies that like when they come out but a lot of other things are just be kind of how we feel or if there's any if anybody makes requests or anything about what they want they would like to see us talk about but yeah we're just gonna keep good keep going we have all year guys all year yeah <laughs> right um this is our first uh one first stream in a while where we've done two uh two recordings for season two yeah even just in the last three weeks, because Mortal Kombat, we only did one recording, and then last week we did one recording. That's right. Um, yeah. And we've been on for two hours. Yeah. Yeah, two un uninterrupted hours, which is the most beautiful thing about that. Yep. Good old internet. But, <laughs> but we should let you go so you can get some food, and I'm, we're getting a little bit late, so... Um, want to thank you guys for coming out and hanging with us as always it's a great having you guys here and it's great when you guys are able to talk to us and participate that's what makes it fun for us but regardless thanks even the lurkers thanks for just being here and chilling with us so that's everything from me um cheryl once you're ready take us to the lobby see you guys Bye.